The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh my I'm sure he yelled at I'm sure he heard us screaming. <laughs> oh my gosh hold on my cat is hitting the little bouncy thing on my door i have to i have to take it off be right back god i just i go over there and i just see her foot under the door and i'm like god take him away <laughs> she hits the little this guy You're this little thing she reaches under and then goes and he goes so loud Beyond. 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 What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, IGN's number one PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Mark Medina, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Kim. Oh, right. Uh, for people who uh, aren't watching the video, hello. <laughs> Data <laughs> Griffin. Like, he was He's like, just, like smiling like a... Like, <laughs> I just awesome. thought I could do. I just thought I could get away with it because I was just thinking, oh yeah, they'll watch it on YouTube and that'll be my fun little intro. But then I realized sure. some people just listen to it. Well, and you know, it threw me off anyways because I'm always used to saying I'm joined as always by Jada Griffin, but she's not next to me, so it felt weird to. I blame. I blame Marion. That was that was she, that was a request. She, she, that was a request on my end by our amazing producer Marion. May, maybe by next week. Already. Jada said Mark is stinky. <laughs> Virtually stinky, and she, she never wants to sit next to him again. Listen, maybe listen. by next week Jada will be on the fourth spot, and then by the week after that, I just won't even be here. Listen, I just finished watching the Cyberpunk Edge Runners anime, so like virtual sound and noise, it's 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 all in my. I'm having brain dances about it. Mm. It's all there. I could see marks, and it it bugs me. So yes, I need to be as far away as possible from that man. You're gonna make me cry. Anyways, Jada, also obviously you're hearing her, so we don't need to actually introduce her. She's there. She she's always here. Uh, but it, we we also have a special guest this week, Kenneth Shepard. How's it going? I'm good. How are y'all doing? Thanks for bringing me on. Terrible. That's mm. an awful thing. Mark, I mean, I got to much. I got to down I got I got to make fun of Mark. So I'm having a wonderful mm. start mm. to my Tuesday. I got made fun of. So, well, I mean, what, uh, is, what is this podcast other than a series of contrast? You know, yeah, it used to be a PlayStation podcast, if you could believe it, but that's not just a little bit of Apple TV sprinkled in there too. Yeah, this. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got a good show. We we're gonna talk about Cyberpunk. We're gonna talk about a new Iron Man game, and we're gonna talk about the Grand Theft Auto leaks. But first, we're gonna talk about Kenneth. We're going to talk about why he's here. I have just written down here, who is Kenneth? 
how is Kenneth and why is Kenneth? So I'm going to need all of those questions answered. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, why you're here, and uh, uh, you know maybe a little bit of history about uh, your, you and PlayStation and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so as for who I am, I am a, a writer, reporter, critic uh, about the video game industry. You might have seen me in various places across the internet. I've written for Polygon, Games Radar, Pace Magazine, even for IGN a couple of times. Actually, one of the last things I did as a freelancer before I went full-time uh, was writing the script for the uh, the Mass Effect story so far for IGN. And, um, oh, thank God they got so, somebody to do that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm brain sick about that series, so they were like, okay, this guy's going to know his stuff. He's going get, to get all these, like, really minute details that would go over anybody else's head. But um, yeah, I got that done, and then I started over at Fanbyte, uh, writing full-time uh, last year, but I'd collectively been writing for them for about three years, you know, various stages of contract and permalancing. And um, yeah, so that's where I've been for since 2019, primarily, and uh, wrote a lot about the video game industry, wrote a lot about, especially through, um, often through a queer lens, and a lot of that, you know, ended up overlapping with a lot of PlayStation coverage. I was kind of our, one of our de facto PlayStation people. Um, I wrote, I wrote a lot about the last of us part two. Oh god that was like that is like a core memory of my time there is that um uh writing about the last of us and just kind of like naughty dog in general a lot um that was like kind of one of my beats i guess um but we uh we did have some layoffs last week and um a huge team of excellent writers and producers and reporters are now out there looking for jobs <laughs> uh, myself included um but then yeah y'all were you know you put out this call like hey if you were affected by these layoffs come join us on an IGN show and i was like wow Podcast Beyond was pretty instrumental to me getting in this line of work. So very excited to be here. Um, very excited to talk PlayStation with y'all. Nice. Yeah, well, normally we... Yet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just just so everybody knows, we'll also be having Natalie Flores on next mm. week, which is also going life. to be a, a very, very exciting episode. Normally we save Twitter and all that good stuff for the end, but um, I, I would love for you to go ahead and plug yours right yeah. at the beginning. That way people can know where to find you. Yeah, so... My personal account is Shepard CDR, uh, spelled like Commander Shepard, S H E P A R D C D R. I also, uh, on top of my writing, I do actually have a retrospective podcast called Normandy FM, which you can tell by the name was at one point a Mass Effect show, and now it's just kind of a general retrospective show where we take a game and then break it up into several episodes and kind of just go like beat by beat um, through, uh, you know, like from start to finish. And often we do it in if we're doing it for a series, we'll do, like, the entire series. So, like, the first season was four, four Mass Effect games, 51 episodes uh, for the course of a year. Then we did Dragon Age. Then we did Jade Empire. And then we shifted over into the general retrospective stuff. And for the PlayStation fans here, uh, we actually did Last of Us Part 1 and 2, uh, which was 16 episodes of both of those games. Then we went on to do Final Fantasy X and ten two. And right now we are in the middle of Cyberpunk 2077. And um, uh, beyond listeners will know one of the guests that are on there because Matt Kim is on an episode that is, as of this recording, not live for our public feed, but it is um, live for our patrons right now. That anyone that pays $5 or more uh, can hear up to the oh, 11 episodes now, and latest of which has Matt talking about uh, Goro Takamura. And yeah, so that's kind of like my, my side gig. That's my uh, side hustle that I am uh, very proud of, honestly. Like, it, you know, it's I feel like it kind of made me think about games in a different way just because we were you know getting so meticulous about things and um mm -hmm. cyberpunk season that's going on right now has been very rewarding to go back to that game who would have thought i've got, I've nice. got two things to say on that one right. um marion 
uh, I was praising you all this episode, but then you moved me closer to Mark, so I don't know if I can praise. <laughs> oh, I'm back, I'm done. Yes. Um, second, uh, that's purely for our video watchers. Second, uh, Normandy FM sounds like a radio station you would hear on like GTA. You would turn to like one of the stations. They are mm -hmm. listening to Normandy FM. So maybe who knows? Maybe the next Mass Effect game will have radio mm -hmm. stations you can listen to, and Normandy yeah. FM can be one of those. That would be awesome. I would love for that show to persist several hundred years into the future when we have <laughs> mastered spaceflight and are taking things from Earth to the rest of the galactic community. I, I only have one response to everything you said, which was you said if any PlayStation fans are listening, and uh, the answer is no. 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 <laughs> no. Oh, PlayStation fans places. don't listen Sorry, to this show. This is an Apple TV podcast. Everybody knows that. <laughs> we love Ted Lasso and Severance and actually... Uh, Loot is a really good show on Apple TV. I'm not even. Oh, yeah, gosh. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Don't get me started. Don't Another get me started. Another for the loot crew, baby. Mark doesn't like loot, but I love loot. <laughs> the, loot so. the loot crew is taking over. I can't, <laughs> I can't win. Uh, okay, so let's jump into um, our first topic. Um, Grant the Thought of. It, uh, it did some leaks. It's a leaky boy over there. And uh, it's, I have to assume I've seen this written. So I'm just going to say it like it's uh, gospel. One of the biggest leaks in video game history. <laughs> um, but Matt, you're you're our news guy. I would love for you to kind of set the stage for what happened for people uh, that aren't in the know. Uh, yeah. So biggest leak in video game history, I think it's really fair to say. Not just in terms of how much of the game leaked online, but just the actual... Uh, prestige of the title you know what i'm doing think of the last time a game on on grand theft auto's caliber was leaked i think the only thing that comes close was maybe assassin's creed syndicate or unity one of the assassin's creed leaked pretty heavily before launch uh and i think at that point that was like the biggest game to ever have leaked online but like grand theft auto 6 is is not to be rude to Assassin's Creed, but Grand Theft Auto 6 is on a whole nother level. And and so much of the game was leaked online, seemingly, uh, and details are still kind of unclear on what exactly happened. But seemingly, uh, a hacker or, or a hacker group uh, got really mm -hmm. in Rockstar's system. And at that point, they were just able to pull out uh whatever they wanted from rockstar's internal systems i think there was i think it all leaked in the in the dedicated grand theft auto forums and i think at one point he was taking they were taking requests like they were like whatever you want i can try and dig it up and find it for you and someone was like show us to show us this mechanic and they're like okay you got it and they just posted video clips of of that specific thing and so it was it was nuts like they were living in in rockstar's uh, internal system to get all these leaks um but details further details are, are investigating you know they there some say that it's the same hacker who hacked uber this week um jury's still out but yeah this mm. is pretty major and and it's caused a whole lot of separate different genre uh, dramas you know about security uh about, about leaks about um about there are people there are there's a weird push there's not a weird there's a pushback between folks who are who are saying uh that leaks are harmful to the industry and others are saying that the industry can stand to be more transparent so there's there's discussion around that but yeah this is this is kind of nuts this is uh like grand theft auto 6 prior to this leak was just an official confirmation from rockstar rockstar just said we are working on the next grand theft auto game and that is about right. as far as we knew about grand theft auto 6 up until the leaks and now we've seen chunks of the city 
uh, early, very early versions of its graphics, very early versions of its of its gameplay. Uh, a lot of people online are, are criticizing how it looks. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. the grain of salt is obviously that this gives the game still in development. But if I'm going to be honest, I thought it looked good for how early I thought it was going to be. Like at, at this point of the development, I kind of thought I was just going to be seeing like geometric cubes and triangles and, mm-hmm. and blank mm-hmm. like mannequins running around the field. But like they've got assets and everything and even some voice acting from what i saw they could be like holdovers but yeah there's a there's a lot out there uh that you can just look up and find on on the internet but don't but you shouldn't (laughs) um yeah i saw a trend kind of starting today uh where game developers are saying like you know a lot of the game as you know it comes together in the last like year or two you know for a rockstar game it's going to be it's going to be a little bit sooner than that because you know the games are so big but uh you know for for example red dead redemption 2 and this kind of speaks a little bit to the crunch they had on red dead redemption 2 but um the black bars that come up uh every time there's a cutscene in that game those were added like a year before the game came out which made them have to rework a lot of those cutscenes mm. and stuff but then there's kind of been a little bit of a trend now where uh other devs are showing what their games look like a year ago and so we got to see uh some cult of the lamb gameplay today Mm -hmm. and they're like this is what it looked like 18 months before it came out and it's like it mostly looks like cult of the lamb but you see a lot of that polish is gone a lot of the like environmental details are gone and you're like right and if you would have seen that you would have had this like notion of what the game is and then it comes out and it's completely different. But I don't know. What's your take, Kenneth? What do you think about this whole leak? Yeah, I mean, I have a couple lines because, like, I, I think part of me is, like, more resistant to some of the things. Like, oh, this is, you know, spoiling a marketing campaign. And I was like, that's an ad. That's not really the thing. What does get me to me more is that, like, it feels like a lot of these you know developers' work is being put under a level of scrutiny that is, frankly, unfair and in some cases it feels like we're just very ignorant of like the stages that games have to go through to get to this point because i mean the end and you know like you said since then some devs have been coming forward like hey no this is what games look like when they're x amount of time away and it did get me thinking like i think it was actually an ign uh, article from red valentine um during the uh the apple um yeah who's that who's that that um The, uh, like, during the Apple and Epic uh, lawsuit, like, she wrote something along the lines of, like, this shows that the rest of the world does not understand the secrecy of the video game industry. Because, like, I think I saw somebody on Twitter talking about how in most industries and most creative mediums, we don't have this level of scrutiny attached to things as they're in development. Um, You know, like, you'll, we get set uh, photos from various movies and nobody's like, oh, this doesn't look like, this doesn't have the light and all the effects and everything added. Nobody, like, thinks, like, oh... You know this, this looks unfinished like of course it is that's, that's literally what you're looking at you're looking at like the raw footage of people in the middle of making something and i think that's where my bigger frustration is that like i i feel for the devs that are like on the ground floor you know putting their heart and soul into all of this every day and having their work scrutinized in a way that just seems unfair and in bad faith in my opinion yeah it's such a weird thing because some a lot of movies and tv shows receive their sequel announcements and stuff like that before the first ones even aired mm-hmm. right like i this episode of podcast beyond is brought to you by nordvpn a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace are you tired of streaming shows movies or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space 
well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I remember A Quiet Place. They were like, we're, it's confirmed for like multiple sequels. And I'm like, I haven't even seen the first one yet. <laughs> um, and it happens with TV shows all the time. House of the Dragon is already confirmed for, for like a season two. Uh, but Jada, what do you think about all this? Yeah, I mean, leaks benefit no one really. I mean, like, yes, there's always a there's always a amount of saying like, hey, these devs could be more transparent. They could show us more. So we, we're not like waiting for this game we know is coming and we haven't seen literally anything from it but at the end of the day it's not your game you don't you don't own mm. that game yet you have not purchased that game yet like until you own it you really don't have any kind of say over anything that happens in that game um and even once you purchase it you have very little to say like you can contribute your thoughts and feelings and opinions on it that's partially what reviews are and all the youtube videos that go out but like leaks suck because there's so many things that are not finished in a game and like like mark was saying like and matt was saying you know we're seeing we're missing a lot of environmental we're missing a lot of polish we're missing you know just all the things that make that game what it how special it could actually be gets ruined by early leaks because 
people will get this disposition before uh, the game launches, before getting their hands on it, about like, oh, but I saw it look like this, and that looks bad. So maybe I don't want to actually buy this game right off mm. of that. Maybe it's not a day one purchase for me. It's not doing what I want it to do. And the developers haven't even had a chance to put that killer feature in there that you that would make it a day one feature for you because it's been leaked early. There's just so many things that leaks ruin about a game's development. There may be things that you know they're putting in and they're testing in a development stage, and a leak gets out, and they're like, this could have been the coolest thing. This could have been revolutionary to the game. But there's such a negative outcry that because it's was seen in its unfinished state, they're like, eh, let's scrap it. Let's not do this really cool thing because mm -hmm. it may not be worth the time investment for it now. You know, there could be dialogue that's changed. There could be stories that change. They could swap out characters. Like, we don't know, even if in those leaks, those characters that are there, if those are the actual characters, those could just be placeholders. We don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so much that is unknown by us as people looking outward in on game development that it just right. it sucks for them and I, I i my heart goes out to all the devs that are dealing with all the backlash and dealing with all this drama that they shouldn't have to deal with they already have you know enough challenges in their job and making the magic that is video games they are literally magic um, <laughs> they're already busy enough <laughs> yeah like so it's it sucks like and you know there's a level like there games I play regularly, I play a lot of Apex, I play a lot of League of Legends, and there's a lot of data mining that goes out, and they have a very good stream, and they even have, like, I think Riot puts out a new video, it feels like every week, every other week, at the minimal, about new content updates and stuff, and there's still people that are data mining and getting stuff for that, so, like, it's, you can't even say be more transparent when there's companies that are being extremely transparent and constantly showing us new stuff, and they're still getting stuff mined and potentially leaked. So, it, it just yeah. sucks. leaks benefit no one. The transparent thing is always so weird to me because I've seen rumblings like that as well, where it's like, well, they haven't shown the game yet, so at least somebody's willing to show us the game. And it's like, there's something you kind of have to understand, which is like, I hate when when the player base refers to themselves as customers when it comes to video games, mm -hmm. because it's like, that's such a like weird way to look at like the gamer you know, developer relationship is like, we're your customer, you know, uh, Kenneth, as someone who loves Mass Effect, you know a lot about that when it came to the Mass Effect 3 ending, mm. which oh, was yeah. just like, you are, you guys did the wrong ending. This is not mm. what the customer wanted. And so I always see that as like, very, very strange to be like, well, you owe it to us. And it's like, no, they don't, because you are not a Grand Theft Auto 6 customer. That, that game right. does not exist. There's no product there. You have not bought it. Buying GTA 5 and buying GTA Online doesn't make you a customer to be able to, um, you know, take any sort of ownership over what they're working on next. The only way that exists is if you're a Take-Two shareholder, which they have a working relationship. And I can almost guarantee you that Take-Two and the shareholders themselves don't want stuff like this leaked because it does paint the thing that they have invested money in uh, in a in a light that they they don't want it to be shown, right? Um, something else I've been seeing rumblings about is there's been a lot of leaks lately. Diablo 4 leaked, leaked as well. Mm. You know, the Assassin's Creed stuff leaked. And uh, Matt, as someone who's not a game developer, I'm curious, does this kind of... Are we starting to see maybe like some sort of potential cracks in the like working from home structure? Mm. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I think one of the, one of the things people have been saying, developers themselves have been saying about this is, is that this will accelerate a sort of return to office. Uh, I, 
I don't, I'm not a hacker expert. I'm not a hacking expert. I don't know <laughs> if the hacker uh, could have done this if everybody was working in the office. It sounds, it sounds like this hacker really got in into Rockstar's system. And I don't know if that was through someone's individual like home laptop or at like Rockstar HQ themselves. So I actually don't know mm-hmm. if it would have made any difference. Uh, I, I did, I did kind of want to push, not push back, I think, but I think, I think there are sort of, you know, when we talk about game leaks and sort of movie leaks, there is there is a huge difference, right? In that Marvel can announce uh, Avengers 7 without showing anything except for a logo, and people know Avengers 7 is coming. Meanwhile, Rockstar literally said that they're working on the next game, Grand Theft Auto, like earlier this year, and it didn't take, it took a leak for people to actually believe them, which is kind of nuts. Uh, <laughs> like, Rockstar can't just say... We're working on Grand Theft Auto 6 and people will just be like, yeah, obviously they're working on Grand Theft Auto 6. People need to see something. And so the problem, though, is the thing that Rockstar can show at this stage is so early and so raw that it's mm-hmm. actually not worth showing. So that's, I I believe, the reason why game companies take longer to announce things and, and show things than, than movie companies. But I... But there is a way forward, you know, like Dead Space, for example, when EA Motive showed the Dead Space remake, they've been showing incredibly early alpha builds of the Dead Space remake, focusing mm. really exclu- like really tightly on on mechanics and gameplay stuff. Like, this is the audio. This is how combat's going to look like. And throughout this entire process, they keep sounding over, again, over and over again that this is very early. This is super early. Don't take this as the final product. But it works, mm. right? Like, all of the comments on, on these Dead Space, like, developer diaries on this incredibly raw footage, footage that is even rawer and newer than uh, than some of the Grand Theft Auto 6 leaks that we saw online. Uh, all that stuff has been incredibly well-received. And and people, all all the commenters are saying, you know, I can't wait until we see the finished product. That this is going to look so good when it's further along. And I think maybe there's a uh, there's a way to not underestimate the audience so so much about mm. these kind of early footage that you can actually walk them through early versions of footage and early versions of of a game in a way that they understand that right now it looks interesting but in two or three years it's going to look amazing yeah and i, 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 I think i agree with oh, that sorry, go ahead. Uh, no yeah I, I agree with that but also like one counterpoint to that is like the dead space remake is that it's a remake like we've all seen not all, mm. but every, you know, a majority of the audience has seen what Dead Space looks like. They know what to expect from Dead Space. Like, so like, it's a little bit less of a um, liability for uh, EA going in and showing off all this early stuff for Dead Space versus Rockstar, who is such a premium type, you know, people look at those games as like premium pieces of art, like Grand Theft Auto, Red red dead redemption too like there's so much more so much so many layers of polish that go into those like Mm -hmm. that they don't like to show like hey this used to look terrible like they want they want i think they part of their strategy is wanting players to think that this is like the best that we can Mm. get you know like this we we offer top shelf for our product our product is a top shelf product um, whereas, like, you know, Dead Space is great. I love Dead Space. I'm not saying Dead Space is not a top shelf product. It's definitely a triple A, excellent game, but it's a remake. And so, like, we're able to kind of, it's easier for them to kind of peel back the layers because players know what they're going, what to expect when they're jumping into Dead Space Remake versus Grand Theft Auto 6. I think a lot of developers are just terrified because we have we have two really, really good examples now in uh, Anthem and Cyberpunk 2077 mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. early demos were shown 
and they just they look so good and then you eventually discover hey this is like nowhere near what the game is actually and then you find out that those demos were essentially just created for marketing themselves and that you know they 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 went on to say that like the cyberpunk demo was yes that part is early on in the game which was the you know finding that first um um dead lady i don't remember what they were called <laughs> um in the bathtub but it's like that when they showed it off at e3 2017 or something like that like that was basically you know built from the ground up where they were like you know we even added the damage numbers and stuff like that like because none of that actually existed yet something very interesting though happened because this is the second time that grand theft auto 6 or the next grand theft auto has leaked uh you know the first one being you know when we found out that there's gonna be a female protagonist and stuff like that um and uh something very interesting happened with this one that doesn't happen very often, which is Rockstar confirmed the leak. They were mm -hmm. like, yep, mm -hmm. it leaked, which is pretty insane because normally they would just pretend that it doesn't happen, that it never happened. They'd just be like, oh, we can't confirm or deny. Kenneth, what did you think about the uh, the letter they showed off? Uh, I mean, it was... Because, I mean, like you said, it would be very easy to just kind of, like, not acknowledge this. And I think when you have something of this scale, I, I don't think it's it's something you can really ignore anymore. Even for a game as big as Grand Theft Auto and Rockstar. And, um, yeah, I, I think, like, at that point, you're trying to be as transparent as you can while also, like, maintaining some level of, uh, I, I don't know, like, some, some level of enigma and, like, being like, okay, this is not what we're going to have. But, but we promise what's coming is actually going to be very great. And I think... That's when you have something less scale about as much as you can really do. Um, and I, like, again, I feel for the people that are dealing with the scrutiny that some of these people are having to deal with now when all this unfinished work is being done. And when you're a company as big as Rockstar, you, you have to have like this united front. You know, I'm sure there are like a lot more raw emotions being felt right now. And mm -hmm. it's just kind of, you know, the only way they can really acknowledge it on this, on this level. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I don't want to. I don't want to use the word defeated because I think that's that's hyperbolic. But it was interesting to see them, kind of, uh, kind of just be like, "Yeah, it mm -hmm. leaked. We're not going to delay yeah. the game. We're not going to whatever, you know." But like, this sucks, and we're still trying to figure out what happened. I thought the delay discussion was interesting though because um, I think people naturally thought, "Hey, this doesn't look great." So now they're going to delay the game, and they're like, "No, this." This, this is work in progress footage why would we delay right. something that also the, the game doesn't have a release date so like what yeah. are they delaying so <laughs> i thought that was, thought that was very interesting that people thought that but it, mm. i don't know i thought i thought the letter was a was a nice touch it made me feel even worse for them so mm. mission accomplished <laughs> jay did you have any uh closing thoughts on all this grand theft auto drama i guess just if you're a gamer out there and you're waiting for a game, just be patient. Like, there's so many other games to play right now. There's so many things on various services you can download and play for free. Like, just be patient. Like, let the devs do their thing. And they haven't really, you know, especially with, like, Rockstar, they really haven't put out anything that wasn't great in the past. Like, everything they've mm -hmm. done has been really good. Like, just trust in the devs. Like, it's not yeah. like they, they have a record of, like, putting out saying like this is gonna be the best thing ever and then it's just the worst game we've ever played um so just just be patient like there's so much mm -hmm. stuff to play well you know what you can't play right now 
is a PSVR 2 because it doesn't have a release date. <laughs> but have a release date. it's going to get delayed. <laughs> yeah. um, so last week was a big PSVR embargo um, where you know, our uh, one of our editors, Bo Moore, got to play it. And uh, me and him got to have a little bit of conversation about Horizon Call of the Wild. And he got to write a preview. So all that stuff's on IGN if you want to see it. But uh, his takeaway is that the PSVR 2 is really cool. And it can do it all, except backward compatibility. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of people, this kind of just got dropped in one of the uh, the PlayStation uh, the PlayStation podcast. I don't I don't know what it's called. The PlayStation Show, the the thing that PlayStation themselves do. Um, and uh, you know they were talking to the designer uh, Hideki Nishino, and they were like, "Hey, are you going to be able to play PSVR one games?" And he's like, "Nope." Because PSVR games are not compatible because they are designed, the, the new headset is designed to deliver a truly next generation VR experience, which is like a fancy way of saying we designed this thing and it's too good. So just forget your old games, only play the mm. new stuff. Uh, Matt, does this surprise you at all? Uh, I mean, yes, in that, that I, I feel like I could easily play last gen games uh so that's surprising yes sony yeah that's just, <laughs> i mean that's just that's just i don't know i'm i have i have a quest 2 no yes quest 2 headset and i actually don't know if it can play quest 1 game so maybe they're right who's to say maybe vr is wonky that way uh i'm actually not a mm -hmm. vr expert we should have had Bo on uh on the show for this one uh but all right skipping the topic cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> <laughs> but i will one thing I did want to say is uh, the We Believe in Console Generations PlayStation is back. It's back for mm. PSVR. We did it. They believe in console generations again, but now it's only for VR. Yeah, exactly. That's what they meant this whole time. Yep. They, just, <laughs> they weren't talking about the PS5. No. <laughs> uh, what about you, Kenneth? Are you a, are you a PSVR user? Uh, well, no, because I get very bad motion sickness. Like I should tell you all about the time that I was demoing Resident Evil 7 at a PlayStation experience one year and nearly puked in the middle of the appointment. But um, I think for me, like, I don't, like, as a person that doesn't even play PlayStation VR because of that, I am still just like, just because I thought we were done with this part of, like, the new console generation of, like, wondering whether things were going to be compatible with old stuff. And, right. I, and it was felt like, in spite of everything, it felt like the PS5 and the series have been, you know, there's these future-proofing things. Like, okay, here we, we understand this seems to be, like, a standard of how we put these systems out. And now, you know, two years into the PS5's uh, lifetime, we find out, oh, that's not entirely the case anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, for people that already play PSVR games, I mean, ostensibly, they still have that headset. And, like, it's just a matter of switching, which is, you know, not an ideal thing, but, like, they can still play those games. But in the long term, those PSVR 1 games are going to kind of go away. They're going to be, they're going to become these rarities because the PSVR one itself is going to become rare and it's not going to be the thing that Sony's putting out in stores. And yeah, like, you know, Sony's dealing with a lot of these issues that they've had in terms of backwards compatibility with these new PS plus, uh, initiatives they've got going on. And, you know, those are half measures and, you know, there's, you know, for all the under the hood technical stuff that makes that complicated. Like I understand that it's like them trying to find some fix in some kind of way that they can monetize. Um, mm. And, you know, that's especially not good enough for, like, like I live in, um, not, not to, like, completely derail VR, but just, like, talking broadly about, like, these, these initiatives that Sony has in terms of 
trying to find some way to preserve their games. Like I live in a rural area where the internet is just not sustainable for streaming games. And so like, it kind of feels like as more technological advancements happen in games, it's, it's, they find ways to leave people that are, you know, in like in rural areas, just like not able to buy the new, the new thing every time. There's always new ways for them to leave them behind. And that sucks. And again, like I, I was kind of hopeful in spite of, you know, in spite of like the, the not having native PS3 backwards compatibility, I, I was kind of hopeful we were maybe past this part of this, but um, you know, just sneak it right in there about midway through uh, console generation and yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I find your you mentioned about like you know them finding their ways to monetize it, and it's like mm-hmm. you kind of already see that some of the announced games. It's like No Man's Sky, which already exists for PSVR. Uh, same with the. Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge, which is basically getting its like enhanced edition. That like that's a quest game. I don't think it's on PSVR one, but it's like they always do find ways to kind of resell you mm. these games. But I, I don't know, Jada. What do you think about all this? I mean, the the VR market is small to like compared to other console markets. In as a start, like there's a there's a good audience there, but it's smaller than other ones. So I think you know losing this generation isn't going to be the biggest thing. There will definitely be some disgruntled customers out there and people who have like invested heavily into PSVR one um, that will be upset and rightfully so. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, there there's there'll be ports for these games so that we can they can resell you the same game. Hopefully a lot of these companies do like kind of digital upgrades for the games where, you know, it's at a you know, smaller cost or they're repackaging it as like a game of the year, best of super deluxe, right. amazing edition. Um, that way it has everything. So like you can imagine like something like Beat Saber that's on PSVR one, getting a whole massive retreatment with more songs and more stuff for PSVR two. Cause like, I can't imagine having a VR system and not be playing Beat Saber. So like <laughs> games like that are going to be like, a, I think um, I think that's going to be kind of the route they're going to take with those types of games. Yeah, I think it's a bummer for people who have a library of PSVR mm-hmm. 1 games. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a, it's a bigger bummer for the people who didn't get to play PSVR 1 games that possibly mm-hmm. wanted to go back and try some of those. Now they kind of won't be able to, but you know, it's, it's a thing that, it's up to them, and it just seems like this is the choice they made. They, they, I, I, I make no excuses, and I also make no assumptions on why it exists because I don't know anything about game development. So <laughs> <laughs> I know that surprises everybody. Cyberpunk is a video game that also has a show that Matt Kim reviewed. Very good, really good. Very, yeah. Some some would say good. amazing. Yeah, I mean, I gave it a nine. It was, uh, I, I think I said it was biggest surprise of the year. I mean, I, it's not that I was expecting it to be bad. I, I just didn't expect it to be as good as it was, if that's fair to say. Only because I think Netflix kind of just sort of like slid it out. Like I know when they announced Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, they announced that they were working on an anime adaptation, like spinoff with Netflix. And that was about all we knew. And then I think earlier this year, we got a, a trailer and some key art in the poster. And then next thing you know, it's kind of out. And so it's one of those things where I was neither, uh, you know, I was not, I was not going to bag on it just because it came out, but also I wasn't particularly hyped for it only because I didn't know too much about it. But yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I watched, uh, I watched all 10 episodes. Um, 
and I I ended it just going like just going like damn that was a really good TV show mm. and, <laughs> and yeah I, uh, and so apparently it's led to a, a a spike in players for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven uh, and I think it's totally makes sense like the after finishing the anime I definitely want to because it's the same Night City as the video mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. the Night City in Edge Runners is the identical to the one that CD Projekt made for, for its video game. And so after you spend 10 episodes in Night City again in this amazing anime adaptation, you you want to go back in there. You want to have your own adventures and you want to play play the game to to see the sights and, and see what the characters are seeing uh, for yourself. And it doesn't hurt that I think CDPR released a bunch of Ed Runners uh, mm-hmm. content with the latest patch, with the 1.06 mm-hmm. patch, so... And yeah, there's yeah. a lot of, like, to Matt's point, there's a lot of locations watching the show that you will instinct, you'll just instantly yeah. know, like, oh, I've been there. I have literally gone on a massacre in this same area. <laughs> um, like, it's 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 great. It's very iconic. There's a lot of characters that you will instantly recognize if you've played the game. Uh, not a lot, but there's a few um, names that will pop up. Um, and so it's, you know, it's it's very, uh, I, I'm, I hope more people will give this a watch. Because I, I agree with, with my uh, Matt, it, it kicks ass. <laughs> uh, Kenneth, what about you? I, I just thought the whole thing was interesting because Witcher saw a big mm-hmm. uptick in, in people playing that game. And that didn't even get like Henry Cavill content. <laughs> so, right. so at least the, the yeah. cyberpunk one makes a little bit more sense. But it, I don't know. I just I kind of love to see it. But what's your take on it? Yeah, I think the the number that I would be more interested to see is how many new sales it got in that time. Because that was something that I remember them like really shouting out with The Witcher was that after the Netflix show came out, a lot of people just went back and bought The Witcher. And so my immediate question is like, how many of those people are just people that already owned it and are going back? And, you know, like, oh, did, did I like this? Was this game good? Um, and uh, what what amount of those people are people that are like, okay, I saw this thing on Netflix because, you know, maybe I like anime or and it would just happen to show up on Netflix. Maybe we'll go see what else is this about. Um, because that would be interesting to me, just like how much is the uptick coming from people that are coming in fresh? Um, because like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I mean, I'm already playing Cyberpunk, like I said, for Normandy FM. But if I had not, then I would have been very tempted to like reinstall Cyberpunk and you know go back and uh, see how I feel about it uh, with new eyes. And um, yeah, I, I felt I I really like I I finished my second uh, watch through about two days ago. Um, the, the benefits of being unemployed, I can go watch whatever I want now. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was just like, man, this like really makes me feel like I'm seeing new sides of the city that I've literally lived in um, and through mm. that game and kind of like filling in the spaces of a lot of stuff that the game feels like it just kind of leaves out. Um, and it just like it really, I, I feel like it, I more understood Night City on like a ground level when I finished that show than I did even mm-hmm. playing through it. Nice. I have not watched it yet, but I do love Cyberpunk 2077, but I mm. I feel like watching it is going to give me like all this like context and and yeah, definitely make me want to jump back in. Jada, I can't remember how much you played Cyberpunk like the game. I've got about probably about mm, 40 hours or so in it. Mm-hmm. Um that was all pre like PS5 update and stuff, mm. so it was crashing every hour. So I probably in that 40 hours, I probably only made maybe about 15 to 20 hours worth of progress because I was losing progress so much. Um, and then I played, I probably put in another like five hours or so after the update and it's a lot smoother. It didn't crash on me once, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things where 
I have a hard time getting into sandbox games to begin with. Mm. And so it's it's a really steep ask for me to rededicate a, a week or two to jumping back into that world to finish the, the story and everything in it. So, mm. um, but I am a little, I am intrigued and I do want to go back. So it, if nothing else, the anime bumped it up my, my backlog list, like a couple positions, but it is still deep in the backlog. <laughs> It did not move it to the the top of the the center like it did a lot of people. Yeah, no, I I don't know. Cyberpunk's always one of those games that's like in the back of my mind as something that it's like you you should play this game more. And then I don't know. There's there's mm. quite a few other games to play. But yeah, so with this news and The Witcher, we kind of I wanted to kind of bring back something that people have been asking about. And Kenneth, this is a perfect episode for you to be on, I guess, uh, which was The Last of Us, right? Mm. We had a whole episode where we talked about like how great the remake was, but that we we can't really like solidify like why it exists. We can't really pin it down. And, and, and you know, the obvious answer is, is money for right. reasons like this, right? It's becoming more and more apparent that as this HBO show comes out, they will hopefully have put out the PC mm. version. And you're, they're hoping that you're going to see a spike in this. Kenneth, right. would you agree with that? <laughs> yeah, and that was um in in my written review, which is on fanbyte.com. Um, that was kind of like my overarching feeling about that remake was like, yeah, I played that game again. I still love it. It's great. You know, but then, you know, when you think about like the business realities, why it probably exists. It is in the midst because I, I feel like you know Sony is really leaning on sort of like multimedia franchise uh, expansion that they've been doing. You know, like the Uncharted movie. You know, whatever your feeling on it was, like it did pretty well. Like a lot of people saw that movie. Um, and so you know, like just trying to expand all your stuff into these broader things that you know can bring people in from different things. Like you know, an HBO show that people watch, they go pick up this remake. They want them to buy this more expensive, prettied up PS5 version instead of playing the, like the PS4 remaster. Um, so, you know, that all clicks. You know, what are your feelings on, the, like, the gradual commodification of The Last of Us aside? Um, you know, it all makes sense why, when you look at it in that context. Mm -hmm. Did Does anybody know, did League of Legends get any sort of uptick when Arcane came out? Because I remember when Arcane came out, like, that, like, ruled the world. <laughs> I, I, imagine, haven't, so. I haven't seen any stats on it, but I, I believe there was a bump in a lot of stuff. League also pushed a lot of content mm -hmm. that was, mm -hmm. uh, like... So they had like skins from Arcane that you could earn by just playing League. So like I personally jumped back in during that that time period because I wanted those custom skins. So I know a lot of other people they did. They also um, they rolled it out in like a over a month or two period. And like some of the skins you could earn, some of them you had to buy. Um, and I see a lot of those skins that you had to buy when I'm uh, which about playing regular games. So I imagine there probably was a decent uptick uh in their player base for it well correct me if i'm wrong but league isn't on steam right it's on its own launcher it's on its own launcher but you can like add it to your steam as a non-steam game um well, i yeah. just mean like the easiest way to track this mm. stuff is the fact mm. that the steam charts themselves are so transparent so it's like maybe league of legends exploded but like unless riot's gonna come out and say it which to be honest they probably did there's probably every you know there's probably a world where they were like this, hit this many numbers i i think league always has like a, a high amount I mean, of like concurrence so. it's still like one of the number one or two like most played games like constantly so like yeah any, like the bump they might have like if they were number two during the week when arcane was popping like it probably jumped to number one during those weeks um but right. yeah like it's 
league is it's it's going to be around for so long and it's it shows no well, it's signs like of slowing down that's an ongoing game what what was more interesting was the fact that like witcher 3 all of a sudden people are like i need to play this game from what 2014 again <laughs> when yeah. you know every time the witcher comes out which where's witcher season 3 that's not this year right i don't think so no, i think they're still working on it or something that makes me sad yeah. because i love witcher during like christmas break mm. kind of thing you know mm-hmm. what i mean you have this like real long show to get through um it's great very fitting and then uh, you had snow and all that stuff too just kind of really fit with the theme i also i just love season two so much season one was like you know who who else watches the witcher is it just me yeah. and jada Anybody? Oh. Oh, okay uh like witcher season one was just so like the whole the the whole thing was like time jumping and it's like every episode was like a different story from the books Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and it's like witcher 2 while i'm sure a lot of people love that witcher 2 being a uh like more just you know game of thrones kind of style of just like start to finish it just it works so much better for my simple mind uh okay so the last bit of news we have here is the yeah this happened like right before the show which was motive announced a new marvel iron man game which is really really exciting because there's not that many very good iron man games out and iron man is my favorite marvel superhero and so the whole idea behind this one is that it's going to be a single player action adventure game which is great because that is where Marvel sees its success, right? With Spider-Man and with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, that is where Marvel seems to shine versus, you know, the Avengers. So, uh, who else is excited for this? So, uh, so I do, like, a like a morning groggy news, like, check in when I wake up. You know, I wake up with my sure. alarm and I, I go, I open my phone. I see what I, what happened overnight. And I read the headline that, that EA is working on the on the Iron Man game, and my brain just filled in the blanks. I'm like, oh, good for Bioware to to take that <laughs> take that <laughs> anthem technology and and make a make a Iron Man game. It makes so much sense. And then I was like, and I put my phone down, and I get and I get up, and I have coffee, and I'm just like, oh, Motive is making that game, not not Bioware, not the Anthem team, like I thought it was. But... I just picture you just like mid drink. You're just like, oh, oh, different studio. No, but I, I really, I genuinely was like, good for good for them. I hope they use some of that Anthem technology for, for the Iron Man suit. It, would, it Dude, makes so much sense. I hope then. so too. Like that's Anthem like really nailed the like flying and like the, you know, really feeling like, you know, that you were like in like a mech suit, like an Iron Man type suit. And I, man, I would love. I would love more of that. And you have to imagine that that technology is going to get shared between studios. It's it's mm-hmm. all in the same parent company. So like that tech is probably going to get some of it will get reused. I don't think it'll be the same experience. Hopefully not, because Iron Man is very different from those mechs. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, when you get down to the nitty gritty, but uh, I imagine I just we'll want to also we'll just for everybody screaming. We know that they're called javelins. We yes. know that. <laughs> So just just knock it off. Y'all got a, Sorry, y'all got a lot go of ahead. Anthem fans that are angry about how you talk about Anthem on the show? There's, there's, the Anthem, Anthem community is rising up right now. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> They've never watched an episode of Beyond, but the signal flare has gone up that we called their mechs mechs and not javelins, and they will be in our comment section. Um, I actually like that. Here we go. That's our there's our, our comment question for this week. Like, did you play Anthem? What did yes, you I think did. of it? Yes. I thought it was great. 
I thought it'll make a great Iron Man game, and it might be still. Who knows? <laughs> Those dreams might come true. <laughs> Anthem Next never had. This is Anthem Next. I'm calling it now. There we go. Um, I'm I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be great. I've never been a huge Iron Man fan. A mm. fan that was one of my friends. He was always huge Iron Man. So like I like always just had to see Iron Man whenever we played like Marvel Ultimate Alliance together. I always had to have Iron Man in my party because he was there next to me. I was like, come on, dude, let's 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 play somebody who's not like basic. Um, but Iron Man is great. <laughs> um, so we'll be. <laughs> I said that purely to mess with Mark. Um, just just to just to insult Mark one more time. Um, oh, wow. but, uh, no, I'm excited for this. I think that it could be really good. Um, the dead, like Matt was saying, the dead space remake, um, they've been showing us all this early stuff. Maybe uh, Jada messed something up. The recording yeah. got messed up. Something happened. She, uh, I cyberpunked my way in. I cyberpunked mm. my way into the recording and, yep. uh, yeah, it's gone. Uh, I was, I talked about how Iron Man is a basic hero. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> Get him. Uh, Iron Man slander. Just, just, no, Iron Man's great. Um, but yeah, let's just move on. Um, I'm let's really excited. For, I'm excited for this uh, Dead Space team making Iron Man. And uh, let's see. Hopefully it's the best Iron Man experience we ever get. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Uh, so yeah, so let's. Uh, we're almost out of time. We're going to round out this episode with a, a nice, fun what we've been playing. Because I always like to know what my podcasters are playing. So hopefully people care what we play. <laughs> uh, I'll start. I've been playing Fallout 76 The Pit, which is the new content that they've put out. And uh, it is just awful just not great <laughs> it's not fun it's, i was gonna ask why are you doing that to yourself like <laughs> we've been playing to kind of catch up to get to that point and we did the first expedition yesterday and it's like that game wants so badly to be like destiny and it is mm. a it is a fifth of what makes destiny good <laughs> like Oof. this mission just it went on forever and when i say ever i like hours it took <laughs> us to get through this every combat scenario was just us dying over and over because like their enemies don't have mechanics right it's like fight the foreman he's just in power armor with a flamethrower and he just glitching everywhere and you're glitching everywhere and it's just just awful and <laughs> Mark, i don't have you yeah. tried get have you tried getting gooder <laughs> oh i keep getting worser every time i play <laughs> <laughs> oh, and man. then uh i'm also playing the new like souls game from spiders it's called still rising mm -hmm. and it's uh it's fine it's uh so it takes place in like it's like marie antoinette you know kind of era and basically the king has made it where they're like real life mannequins but they're you know they're like they're like replicants basically and so <laughs> you play as one you're one of the good ones and you're just like you're getting through like london and so it's a, it's a souls like it does something a little different which is uh you can add on game assist so that way you can make it where it's like i have double health or they just they do less damage or your souls don't go away when you die uh the game itself is just mostly fine so i don't know basically the answer to what i've been playing is it's like not great stuff sorry <laughs> <laughs> jada we'll kick it over to you uh so first and foremost i played the modern warfare 2 beta over the weekend um nice. if you're a call of duty fan you'll know what to expect um and <laughs> in good ways and bad ways um it feels faster but also slower uh time to kill is decent um the perks 
kill streaks, score streaks, the customization, the gunsmith, that's all back. Um, the three or four maps I got to play on, uh, we're fine. They're decent maps. There's a lot of cool stuff. Um, I got to use a lot of the like peeking door mechanics to get a lot of cheeky kills. Got a couple 10 kill streaks throughout my um, my beta experience. Um, I, I, I don't know what it is about me with Call of Duty. I either go like a 3.0 KDA or I'm a 0.5 KDA. It's one or the sure. other. There is no 1.1. There is no 2.0. It's just it's 3.0 or bust for me you're either um, a god or you're awful i am one or the other um and you know it's <laughs> i'm okay with that when it comes to call of duty um the the one i'm most excited i, I have two others i'm big i'm really excited to talk about though um, i played through the Wo long following dynasty demo um and that is just excellent souls game is very much kind of neo and sekiro had a baby um <laughs> so if you liked either of those or both of those uh definitely download the demo and give it a shot um because it's really cool um, and I really like the, 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 just the enemy design and the fighting style. Um, but Yakuza Zero is my big one. I finally, finally, after months of talking about it on the podcast, Yakuza Zero has come up in the backlog. Um, and I have jumped into it and I am in love, love with Yakuza. I'm going to shout that. Sorry to everybody who listened with their headphones <laughs> loud. Um, but that game is so fantastic. It's like, it's a it's like a brawler like uh, like uh, I, I imagine like Streets of Rage grew up and became 3D added RPG elements and a ton of wacky mini games. I've done darts, I've played pool, I've gone dancing, I've done karaoke, I have protected Miracle Johnson, who is a blatant obvious Michael Jackson copy to help direct um, uh, the video for Thriller. Like it is just all over the place. It is fantastic. I cannot say enough good things about yakuza zero it's on a ps plus subscription i believe it's on game pass um yeah. go play yakuza zero. Oh my goodness it is so good um yeah i just i can't Great. i can't yeah uh matt i was gonna go to you next but i i can't anymore buddy i just can't okay what? i'm i'm over it what? i'm sick I'm of it here i'm joking go I'm ahead my <laughs> short mine i feel like so i i feel like i take a long time to finish games which is uh which is which makes my totally like what are you playing same thing i was playing last week which is Metal Gear Solid <laughs> Five. it's a long game yep. i'm making my way through it but i threw in a little dash of like jada not yakuza zero but yakuza seven uh, because of last week's TGS big Yakuza Palooza reveal, where they announced like a mm -hmm. gazillion Yakuza games, it made me be like, I never finished seven, so I should go back to that. So I booted that back up. So now I'm playing two games at the same time, you know, like an idiot. Okay. And then, Kenneth, we will we'll end with you. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I mean, the one of the last things I did over Fanbyte was my review of The Last of Us Part One. And so, wild thing about that game is, you know, two years ago even that i, I would have been a person that said oh that game feels very complete i don't need to go and see anything more in that world but after part two has come out that game feels so unfinished to me and it feels like a prologue like i need to see that entire story through so mm -hmm. i just jumped right back into playing last of Us part two again and um i don't know what the what the temp check is on that for uh, the beyond uh listenership because i know there's dissent about that game on the internet the, the listeners i don't know i love that game yeah. so <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's one of my favorites ever now. Um, and so it's been it's been very nice to go back and you know, cause like like I said, like part one just feels like it's directly leading into something to me now. And that's just like the mm -hmm. new context that comes when new things out. And um so it's like I was like, okay, I'm gonna pick up where I'm pick up where I just left off and see that all the way through. 
uh, playing it on PS5, so it's uh, all mm-hmm. you know got that 60 FPS update, yeah. which is nice. I did I did not know I was a, a, a um, uh, frames per second sicko until I started playing <laughs> more old games on new systems where they are running at 60, and I'm like, oh, this is demonstrably better. How did I ever do the other thing? How did I ever play 30 FPS games? Um, see, I'm yeah. like midway through Abby's second day, so almost done, I guess, at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, that has been most of my September is going back through those games. I, I discovered, actually, I've known that I'm an FPS sicko, but more blatant now because I'm playing Fallout 76 on Xbox Series X because uh, the PlayStation version is officially the worst version of that game now because, uh, you know, it's on PC, so that's great. But then the Series X version got the FPS boost, which, mm. as everybody knows, is a system-side update, not a game update. So that version runs at 60 frames per second where the but because the game itself never got an update uh the ps4 ps5 version still runs at 30 and i uh my friends were like hey we want to play fallout 76 i was like i will only play on pc or xbox series x like i'm not playing the worst version of that game (laughs) but eventually hopefully it'll get an update i can't believe that like a live service game is like getting ignored like that it's Mm. very very strange but Kudos to the engineers on the Series X that can raise the FPS without ever going into the dev and, and like like doing any dev work. It's magic, and the PS5 needs that feature immediately. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for our show this week. Um, so thank you guys all for joining me. Kenneth, thank you for hopping on. I know you didn't have a ton of notice, but I appreciate yeah, you joining me. In. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark underscore Medina. You can follow Matt at Law of TV. You can follow Jana, Jada at Jada underscore Rena. And uh, Kenneth, remind us where we can follow you because I don't I don't have it up. Yeah, um, <laughs> Shepherd CDR is my personal Twitter, and my uh, podcast that I do, Normandy FM, the retrospective that I mentioned earlier, is Normandy FM show on Twitter. Great. Well, that is our show for the week. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Jada. Thank you, Kenneth. Thank you all for watching. Thank you, Marian, for producing. And we will see you all next week with Natalie Flores from Fanbyte. So, yeah, excited for that. We will see you guys next time. Until then, beyond. 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 Attention, fans of fairy tales that are magical, hilarious, and grim. The award-winning Pinna Original Podcast, Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, has new episodes out now. While you've probably heard of the Brothers Grimm, you've never heard these tales told in quite this way. I'm Adam Gidwitz, best-selling and Newbery Honor author of Books for Children, and in Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, I share the real, weird, grim fairy tales with real, weird, hilarious kids. In each episode, you not only get to hear a story, but you also get to enjoy this group guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and sharing their own perspectives on the tales. Also, heckling me. They love to heckle me. The episodes are rated on a scale from grim to grimmer to grimmest, so there's always a great variety of tales to explore with your family. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes. 